I want to continue our discussion in terms of where will we go from here. And the obvious choice is to Navadvip. There's investment there. The Tayata Gaurapadarad in the Gurudanda Saraswati Thakur has made investment in Navadvip in the service of Gauranga Mahaprabhu. That gives us the wealth of Vrindavan Bhakti. Prabhupada, as I mentioned last night, used to say that my place of worship is Mayapur. In my home, my residence is Vrindavan. So, as I many times said, worship in Mayapur, Navadvip, live in Vrindavan. Prabhupada Saraswati Thakur has explained that the more one plums the depths of the significance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance in person, the more one finds oneself in the midst of Radha and Govinda. It's not difficult to understand. He is two bodies in one, Melitatanu. Mahabhav Rasaraj Duyekarup. These two, Mahabhav Surupani, Radha and Rasaraj. Mahabhav Surupani, the very form of the highest spiritual emotion. And Rasaraj, the king of love, Krishna. Combined with the Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur Singh, it's also maybe a line in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahe Anya Rupanuga Jane Rajivahan. The followers of Rupa Goswami, this is their life, their heartbeat. What is that? Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahe Anya. The Sri Krishna Chaitanya is Radha and Krishna combined. So as I say, it's not difficult to understand. It doesn't take a lot of brain, but then again, Bhagavatam says, this is for very intelligent people. Yajantihi sumedasaha. Medasa means that gray matter. Sumedasa means you have to have a very big intelligence. But what does that mean, big intelligence? We touched on this a little bit yesterday. To have a big intelligence means to have sufficient bhakti sukriti that disposes us intellectually to identify with the logic that has come forth to explain something about the descent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And how we get that Bhakti Sukriti? By coming in touch with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's devotees. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself devised a trick to create Sukriti in the lives of others, that they might become disposed to understand the significance of his descent and live ultimately at the lotus feet of Radha and Govinda in Vrindavan. And what was that trick? That trick was his sannyas. So this sannyas of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this has some relationship, it is naturally related with Vrindavan. After all, the Classically speaking, the sannyas means to give up, and to give up what? To give up the world. And therefore, it's sometimes said that sannyas means to go into the forest, because the worldly people don't stay in the forest. There's not enough to do there, <laughs> as they perceive it. Not enough to do. Not enough to stimulate their senses with and implicate them further in worldly attachments, to move away from the world, to enter the bond. Bomb means forest. It is said, what is that? Pancho Shorjam Bonam Brajet. At 50, one should enter the forest. It means when one becomes mature, one should enter the forest. When one grows up, 
so to speak, once you enter the forest. Of course, Sri Chaitanya Dev pursued this at the age of 25, just coming on the 25 years. Just passing the 24th year, entering his 25th year, he took sannyas from Bharati. And so this, as I say, has something to do with his sannyas, the discussion of that throughout the literature. We find it has some connection with Vrindavan. Nadarat, he is Krishna. He renounced the world and he thought, I should go to Vrindavan. He's a little confused. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, a little bit confused. Seeking out himself as he's perceived and experienced through the eyes of Radha. And to try to have that experience, he thought, I'll go to Vrindavan. Of course, it was not to be found there. That was the whole problem. It was a necessity of Gorlila. That Krishna in Vrindavan could not realize the full measure of rasa, nanda. And he's Rasaraj. So it was a problem for him. And thus, the eternal birth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we can see his desire to go to Vrindavan. He needed some schooling, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna as Gaur, to fulfill his ambition of tasting the highest love. So in madness, he took sannyas and thought immediately he would run to Vrindavan. It's a long story and we'll go over it to some extent. But he did ultimately go to Vrindavan. Even the thought of sannyas came into his mind. He thought, I will go to Vrindavan. He tried to go, practically, three times or so. Third time he was successful and he only stayed there a short time and came back. This is an interesting and deep theological topic, but before we go into that, let us speak a little bit about the history of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's trying to go to Vrindavan. We are also trying to go, so his attempts to go to Vrindavan to fulfill his purpose, although unsuccessful in fulfilling his purpose in Vrindavan, nonetheless they teach us something about the importance of going to Vrindavan and how to go there, what to be derived from there and so forth. We'll talk a little bit also about what he did when he was in Vrindavan, why he left, where he ended up, and how he ultimately entered there without going there physically and fulfilled his ambitions. But the first instance in which we hear of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sannyas is early in his Mabadvip Leela. There it's mentioned by Murari Gupta originally, it is mentioned by Vrindavan Das Thakur, and following in their lead, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami as well. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was conducting the kirtan at the house of Srivas Thakur, and it is said that one Brahman tried to enter the kirtan. He was blocked by the doorman. And the next day he saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the bank of the Ganga, and he took his Brahman's thread and cursed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and broke the thread on his chest. He cursed him to never be happy materially, to not have hearth and home and family and, and all such things that bring happiness to common people. And how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu reacted to that was that he accepted the curse as a blessing. Although he wanted to say to that Brahman that not just anybody can enter my kirtan. Sometimes that Brahman is described in some of the literature as just being a person proud of himself for living on a diet only of milk, only from the cow's udder, and is all he took from the world to sustain himself. And on this basis he thought he was pure, and it is a pure kind of existence. We are what we eat, and what could be more pure than that milk of the cow? 
But this was not the kind of purity, material purity, that would give him access to the esoteric kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Mahaprabhu laughed at this, dismissed this. You think just by drinking milk, well, you can get into my kirtan. <laughs> it's not possible. Or another kind of purity. So while Mahaprabhu wouldn't allow him in, he accepted his curse, and he understood the curse in this way. That I will not have a successful family life means I will take sannyas, I will enter the ashram of sannyas, and I will go to Vrindavan. So he took this really offensive behavior and turned it into something positive. And thought, I will go and enter in Vrindavan and take sannyas. So the two were synonymous to him. So they say there's a relationship between Mahaprabhu's sannyas and Vrindavan. As soon as the thought of sannyas came, the thought of Vrindavan came. And by taking sannyas, among many things, what did Mahaprabhu do? He showed the Brahman how to enter into his leela, into his kirtan. He didn't just reject him. He showed by his example how he could enter there. Sanyas involves giving up material desires. Narottam Thakur has prayed like this. Oh, when will Nityananda Prabhu be merciful to me and take away all my material desires? Then I've achieved the prerequisite. Doing that in the context of bhakti to enter into the real experience of Vrindavan. As we talked about repeatedly and we touched on it yesterday as well, that kind of intimacy of love in Vrindavan can only be experienced by one who has no other interest in their heart because any other separate interest from that of Sri Krishna other than his own personal interest, his life, what's important to him. Everyone wants to take from God. Only the Brajbasis don't want to take from him. They're the ones interested in his personal life. What do you want? What are you about? Everybody wants something on some level. They don't want anything. Amikichu China, Amikichu China. We pray in the morning. What is the verse? Satchukori Tukol Malpran. Satchukori. When and what can I say honestly? When I can honestly say, I only want Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's service, nothing else. That means Satchukori. Honestly say. We are saying it all the time. Oh, I only want to serve Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When can we honestly say we should aspire like that? Because as much as there's any separate interest, separate interest causes what? Distance. And distance means reverence. It means a lacking of intimacy. So as much as there's separate interest in our heart, there's no question of intimacy with Bhagavan. This is a very important lesson to learn because what goes on here in Vrindavan, what's talked about in the literature and so forth, it's easy, relatively easy, to acquire some intellectual, theoretical understanding of that, and it's easy to deceive ourselves that we're coming close to that simply by gathering some information about it without doing the painstaking work of separating out the separate interests. Just like the prayer we sang to Prabhupada, the first time I told it to Chaitanya Daya, she said, I really like this. What is the last line? So do I really like that? At the lotus feet of Radha and Krishna, like a bee, he's there tasting the honey. What is the second part, second line? Let's sing together later. 
Maum Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Swami Sri Bhaktivedanta Prabhupadaya Dhinamaha Guravagyam Shirasiritva Shaktyadesha Surupine Hare Krishna Timantrena Paschacha Prachyotarene Guravagyam Shirasiritva This is, I like this verse. This is how to go there and really understand Bringaya Guruve Namaha. How it like a bee at the lotus feet of Radha and Krishna's feet, tasting the honey of that. This is how Guravagyam Shirasidva. He took the order of his guru, carried that order on his head. This is how to go there. What he went through to take that. And order. What was the order of Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri Thakur to his Shisha? It was a letter he wrote. Prabhupada had written a letter to Guru Maharaj. If you have any service, I have not been able to serve the mission. I'm living as a householder. If there's any service you could offer me, please let me know. And Sarasati Thakur wrote back to him. It would be good for you, I think. You can consider if you preach in English. So Prabhupada took this. My Guru Maharaj ordered me. He just made a suggestion, if you look at it literally. It might be good for you if you preach in English. So just one line and one letter made his life out of this. This is Guravagyam Shirasiditva. And what happened? Shaktyavesha Sarupine Hare Krishneti Mantrena Paschacha Pracha Tarine. Not only he's famous for spreading in the West, this verse Paschacha Pracha Tarine, East and West alike, all over the world. Gauravani, 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 Pracharine. So some effort is required to understand that thing. What is Radha and Krishna's love? What is the love of Krishna's friends for Krishna? Krishna's mother and father for their son. What is the nature of that? How they are one with him. He is one with them. That means they think he's one of us. They think we are the Brajbasis and he's one of us. In this sense, he won. There's no difference. They can think like this. They can feel like this. They can live in this kind of existence. And if we want to, in the least, this is how we have to begin. In the context of cultivating that love, we have to see that other interests are emptying out of our heart. And the whole idea of what God can do for me, as Kennedy said, don't think what Krishna can do for you, but what you can do for Krishna. This is the idea. This is the whole, this is some in substance. If you listen, you can hear it everywhere. Don't think what your country, this is our country, the country of love, Raj. Don't think what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. This is Krishna consciousness. We are all thinking what that country can do for us, what we can get from Vrindavan, what we can get from Krishna. But the Brajbasis, they don't think like this at all. They only think what they can do for Krishna. And subsequently, they have no needs, no wants. This is the opulence of Braj. What? Chintamani prakarasadmasu kalpabriksha lakshavikeshu. Kamdenu. The cows, it is said, you can get anything from their udder. The trees are kalpabriksha. They can give anything. Any tree can produce anything, any kind of fruit. So people hear this and they think, I want to go there. If I go there, what I can get, I can have one of those trees, I'll sleep under that tree, I can get so many things. 
I'll get one of those cows and I can fulfill all my desires. But the thoughtful thing, the intelligent person who has sumedasa, sufficient intelligence formed by sukriti, bhakti sukriti, what will he think? What will she think? What about all these people who are there in Braja? They don't want anything. They have those kind of trees, but they don't want anything from the tree. They have those kind of cows, they don't want anything from the cows. That is the opulence. The idea is, of course, when you don't want anything, really, when you can really say, Amikitu China, Amikitu China, then you can come in this direction. Of course, our goal is not just, I don't want anything. Our goal is, we have said everything yesterday, Sangha, we want everything. We want the satisfaction of Krishna's senses. And this is synonymous with really not wanting anything in a dynamic living sense. We want, after all, the spiritual life, right? Not just the death of our material existence and living in the void, if there's anything like life in a void. We want a full life. And this is how to get that. Only want the satisfaction of Krishna's senses. This is the difference between calm and brain. Kamendriya, what is it? Pritibancha. So, calm means the love of the senses. And Krishnendriya, the opposite. Krishnendriya, Kamendriya, the satisfaction of my senses, and Krishnendriya, the satisfaction of Krishna's senses. This is the difference between calm and preem. They can look very similar. Therefore, the whole Brajalila looks very similar to ordinary life. But it's very, very different. So there we go, following the lead of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He himself became a sannyasi to trick the people. We're getting ahead of ourselves. That has come how he devised the trick. But first I'm talking about how he was cursed by the Brahmin. What? Not to have a happy family life. And what did he do about that? He was happy. He danced. And out of his kindness and his nature, he then taught that Brahmin by his example how to enter the kirtan. It means also living in that kirtan, what, we have no worry for anything. Whether good or bad comes away is of no consequence because our identity in that kirtan is simply this, servant of Krishna. In the basic sense, this is the basis of all sentiments, I'm servant of Krishna. I only want to please Krishna. So it doesn't matter a damn what happens to me. This bhakti has nothing to do with that. Whether people treat me nicely, people treat me meanly, this problem, that problem, it's all, there are no problems. Who has real devotional ego, there are no problems, there are only, what? Service opportunities. That's all. You're just doing the bidding of someone else. And he throws it at you like this, or he throws it at you like that, and then you deal with it. The more you can identify with this, you have no problem. And you'll be happy in a real sense. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had no problem. Imagine, young boys cursed. Of course, in most societies, even today, the idea is to get married and have a happy family and so forth. So in very youth, you're cursed. You'll not have a happy material life. What other life is there? He had an idea. There was another life. He celebrated that. And then, as I say, he showed by his example how he conducted himself as a sannyasi. He teaches us all how systematically, step by step by step, to enter into the kirtan at Shivastaku's house. He left that kirtan. Here this guy tried to force his way in. Mahaprabhu wouldn't let him. There were other people lining the banks of the Ganges 
wishing they could get in, but feeling that they had no qualification. Mahaprabhu had feeling for them. You don't try to push your way in there by the force of some perceived material qualification, which, if we have any, is only the blessing of Bhagwan anyway. Some pious people humbly collect themselves along the bank of the Ganges thinking, I'd like to enter there, but I have no qualification. How does Mahaprabhu respond to such a person? You think about how do you respond? Some nice person comes, you meet them, and you tell them about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and they become attracted, and they come to the temple, oh no, I'm not qualified. I read your book, it's so wonderful, but I just don't feel qualified. You drag them to the temple. You are the most qualified. Come, drag them by the hair to the temple. <laughs> so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu responded like that. He came out of Srivas Angam and began his kirtan. Hariharai Nama Krishna Yadavai Namaha. Gopal Govindaram Srimadusudhan. And he began to distribute Namsan Kirtan and show by his example. Shortly thereafter, he actually took the sannyas and showed by his example to all of his leaders and he followed it. This is what he's doing. How to enter into the Kirtan in Navadweep, which is non different from Vrindavan, Rasalila. He shows us how to enter there. And it doesn't happen all at once. 24 years, at 24, just at the cusp of his 25th year, he took sannyas. And outside of Navadvip then, as sannyasi for so many years, 18 years he taught, and in the last 12 years he retired. He's teaching there also. He's teaching there what we can do after the heart is cleansed sufficiently. Bhajan can be performed, Bhaktisiddhanta Sastri Thakur said, really and truly, on the platform of Advaigyanthattva, beyond material duality. It means with a clean heart. To first jeto darpana marjanam. And the great Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur conceived of a really wonderful idea of how to consume the bhaktas such that their hearts would become cleansed. And what is that? Like you are doing. Trying to use your brain how to explain the unexplainable. It's unexplainable. And, and then how to explain it to people who have no even interest in it. This is a very consuming task, you see. Just to go and sit in the forest and chant, that, that would be difficult to consume your mind, but this preaching is so much facility for that. Catch you up. So Mahaprabhu showed this kind of example. But he wanted to enter into Vrindavan. Again, we'll hear, as we go on with this, we'll hear how he got instruction how to enter Vrindavan. How he got instruction from his dear most, from Sanatampu, from Gadadhar Pandit, and so forth. The kind of people who were there to train him. How to get out of Vrindavan what he came to get. You can't just take sannyas and run there. <laughs> They took him ultimately to Puri. So many things he had to learn there. If he wants to see that from the eyes of Marshavanami Devi Radha. Si Radhe ki jai. But anyway, he wanted to enter Vrindavan, forest. He thought, sannyas, no happy life, forest. Forest, Vaughn means Vrindavan. I'm there. Here in Vrindavan, and we call it Vrindavan, but the Braj Mandal has 12 forests. Gopaltapani, uh, while mentioning them, divides them into two, Badravan and Krishnavan. On one side of the Jamuna, on the other side. On the other side of the Jamuna forest is dedicated more towards Baldev, Balram. Shri Balram ki jai. And this side, Krishnavan. So many forests dedicated to Krishna's pastimes. Shri Krishna ki jai. <laughs> and after the mentioning 11 of them, then this Vrindavan is mentioned. And save the la- best for the last, something like that, is the idea. So this one includes all of them.
She is Brindavan. The whole group. Brinda means also group. So this is the Brindavan. All whole group of bonds is found in Brindavan. And Brindavan is named after Brinda. Brinda Devi. That is just uh, like extension of Purnamasi Yogamaya. Very much involved in orchestrating the dealings of Radha and Krishna's love affair. This is what Mahaprabhu thought of. This is sannyas, forest, Vrindavan, I'm going. And again, this was his earliest, the first time the thought came to mind on the basis of the Brahmin's curse. Negative impetus can be a wonderful thing, what it can do. And we have so much of it. Mahaprabhu had a perfect life, Nimai Pandit. You cannot imagine how wonderful his life was, how popular he was in Navadvip. Everyone, everyone loved him. Everyone. The only people upset with him were the Vaishnavas. Because for some time he was pretending not to be a Vaishnav. <laughs> and they loved him too, but they were frustrated with him. And they thought, if we could get him in our group, then we would flourish. He told them, yes, one day I will become a Vaishnav. He would make fun like this and play with his associates, Mari Gupta, Mukunda, Sanjay. Everyone loved Mahaprabhu. He had a perfect life. He got some negative impetus with the passing of Lakshmi Devi. He married Vishnu Priya Devi. But the curse, it affected one marriage, it would affect the second marriage. This is practically this curse is the only negative impetus we find in the whole life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Everything else he had going for him. But one Brahman cursed him, and Brahmins are the gods of the earth, from Bhagwan's point of view. So he honors their words. The Brahman gave a curse, Mahaprabhu honored it. He turned this negative impetus into an ocean of auspiciousness for all jivas, and for himself, personally, as well. While the sannyasas are chasing after the jivas in Maya, he's also chasing after his own self, as perceived by Sri Radha. So this curse, which is the beginning of Mahaprabhu's moving in the direction of his sannyas and his whole teaching Leela, Charger Leela, and his serious and intense pursuit of Radha's bhava. This is mentioned in Bhagavatam. It says it first comes in the notebook of Murari Gupta and taking from there Vrindavan Das has written something. They have taken the notes of Murari in Navadvipa. The notes of Sarut Damodar and Raghunath Das in Puri. These were eyewitnesses to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela. They made notes and they couldn't always write them chronologically. They were in such ecstasy just to be talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, be witnessing these things. And the witness of them would cause them to experience that ecstasy such that the notes are like kind of like just jotted down. I mean, something exciting, extraordinary is going on, and and you know, like the fellow's giving a class and he's talking about you can only take so many notes. And Mahaprabhu's whole life like this, so they were just in constant chamatkar, amazement, and ecstasy of Rasananda, and trying to write in shorthand what the whole this affair was about. And then the subsequent biographers take the notes, like Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami did and Vrindavan Dasu were in the next generation. They took the notes and they examined them and they, they tasted what was there. They experienced it and they wrote about it in their own way. How they experienced that. What the notes did for them. What kind of internal experience came from that. 
in all of it, with its differences, you'll find differences in how Vrindavan Das wrote the Leela, how Krishna Das did. With the differences, there's a oneness. What's the oneness? The Siddhanta is the same. They're tasting a little differently, experiencing a little differently, talking about it a little differently in places, but the Siddhanta is the same. So we can see they are on the same page. Real followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And what is the teaching? The philosophy is one, but the experience is different. The bhavas are diverse, but the tattva is one. Achinta beda bed. So there we find early in the notes of Murari, such a fond friend of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's in Navadvip. If you read how Murari Gupta was electrified by the touch of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, debating, and Mahaprabhu egg him on to debate in school. Murari dismissed him, Mahaprabhu would egg him on, and then he'd have some debate. Mahaprabhu would say something, and then he touched him and electrified him. Ecstasy. He could understand, this boy is extraordinary. No one like this. And Mahaprabhu so much loved Murari. He pushed Murari. As a Vaishnava, he pushed him. Worship Radha Govinda, worship Radha Govinda, worship Radha Govinda. What did Murari do? He was the devotee of Ramchandra. He couldn't give it up. Mahaprabhu was so happy to see him refuse. Again and again and again. Finally, Mahaprabhu wrote on his forehead, Ramdas. <laughs> you are Hanuman. A fellow from Poland, some of you may know, wrote to me. He wanted to become devotee of Ram. Only interested in Ram, he said. Yeah, I want to take initiation, but only if you can give me Ram Bhakti. Or can you tell me where I can find a Ram Bhakti? And he's always interested in Hanuman and Sita and so forth. He's just like you. He really has no interest in all these things. <laughs> or very little. <laughs> but thinking he's very interested in Ram. Only I have exclusive devotion to Ram. Can you help me with that? To feel like this is to be like Marari Gupta. We will not take anybody very seriously. They come with this kind of talk. We know Sudulab. Not Dulab, Sudulab. And that is Vaidhi Bhakti Bhav. Goswami writing about Vaidhi Bhakti says, the Bhava in Vaidhi Bhakti is Sudulab. And Mukunda Goswami wrote, and the lobha, which is said to be the price to pay for Braj Bhakti, the greed, is more rare than the bhava in Vaidhi Bhakti to attain. So sudurlab, the word, doesn't do justice. How difficult it is to attain. If you can digest this and not run away hearing how difficult it is and say, I'm in for it anyway. It's like we bring everybody together and say, okay, this is... Now, here's what it's really all about. <laughs> you can go home now if you want. But you should know, this is not going to come cheaply. It's going to take a lot of effort. And you say, I'm, I'm there, I'm in. Then you've really gone somewhere, I can tell you. You've really gone somewhere. So it's good to hear this. We can hear, like Prabhupada, very generous, chant and be happy. So then after a while, we had to call them in and say, they say, well, I'm not becoming happy. We say, you're getting it. You're not happy. You're getting it. Chant and be unhappy. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu crying and crying and crying and crying. It's a very high thing. It's not a cheap thing. But if we hear about it from Guru Parampara properly, we really can't go anywhere else. That's which our life is spoiled. 
just like I go shopping for Audaria for something, I go look for the best thing. Once I see that, I can't buy anything else for Gornet and I'm, I've got to get that. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> but Prabhupada taught me that. He said, Krishna's not a poor man. <laughs> they always had you know, good taste for getting something, the first class thing for Krishna. Must have the first class thing. And this is Gauravabhange, Vishayarange. That's another talk. Take the best things that people are creating in the world, the topmost thing, and use it in Krishna's service. It will take all the desires out of your heart. So rarely achieved, sudulab and more. So at any rate, Morari's notes. Morari was so dear to Mahaprabhu, and Mahaprabhu tested him even. And he couldn't give up Ram. He had real devotion for Ram. So this fellow thinking, I have so much devotion for Ram. I said, well, if you have devotion for Ram, then... You should come and serve Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because that's what Hanuman did. Who could be a better Ram Bhakta than Hanuman? And he was sold out to the lotus feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Murari Gupta. Sadbujgar. He is Krishna. He is Ram. And more. That's why Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, in Kali Yuga, all Sampradayas, they will come under the banner of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It means that if they would pay attention, they would see that the lords, the Ishta Devatas of their ideals, of their group, are all present in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There's more than that. They can take that from him easily and get that. Easily get. I've told a story before about one devotee. He made connection with Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya, and after a while there were so many problems. So he left, frustrated. Maybe he thought it would be easy. I don't know. I can tell you, my life, so many problems pursuing this. So many obstacles, unlimited obstacles placed before me. It may look to you like it's easy. <laughs> so many obstacles were there. So anyway, he met some obstacles. Devotees criticizing, this, that, and whatever. So he went and he joined the Ramanuja Sampradaya. Then he thought, this is a real Sampradaya. And then he started, anyway, there's not even a real Sampradaya, the Gaudiya people. They got all these verses they made up about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and attached to the different Puranas and everything like that. He got initiated in the Ramanuja Sampradaya and a critic of the Gaudiya Sampradaya. And you can find, unfortunately, people like that here and there. Then he went to Shirangam, the capital of Ramanuja Sampradaya. Then he went to enter and they said, Sorry, only Hindus. Only Hindus can enter here. He said, No, I'm Hindu, I'm Hindu. He had a card and everything, official card carrying Hindu. No, 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 no. You cannot enter. He said, No, I even have Diksha in your Sampradaya. He said, No, you cannot get in. Sorry. No Westerners allowed. Then in a moment of exasperation, just based on his previous acquaintance, he said, oh, Hare Krishna. He said, oh, Hare Krishna, come. Hey, come. Come in. Hare Krishna. Oh, yeah, come. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> Through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all desirable things can be found in him. He's given universal mantra, Hare Krishna Mahamantra. You can derive whatever you like from that. Any religious conception. But if you pay close attention, then you will want Nam Shrestam Satiputta Sarupam. But the son of Sachi has thought about the Hare Krishna mantra when chanting. Nam Shrestam, best conception of the name, that will take us to Vrindavan. So Murari, he had real devotion for Ram. And Mahabharata could understand that if we wrote on his head, Ram Ras, I like it, your resistance to me and my pushing on you, Sir Radha Govinda, I like that. You have real bhakti. So for him we have this account. And that account that he 
has noted of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's being cursed by the Brahman, as I say, it is found centuries before in the great Bhagwat of Vyasarai. He wrote about the curse of the Brahman in Bhagavatam. And there's no better book than Bhagavatam for in all the Shastras. No more complete form of revelation in scripture than Bhagavatam. And there we find this curse of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is mentioned. The negative impetus in Mahaprabhu's life gave rise to all of this. And Sanadana Goswami, he could found that verse. He could understand that verse. We should learn this verse. This verse and another verse of Bhagavatam, the one that precedes it, 11th Canto, 5th chapter, 36th, 37th verse. There's three of them, actually, 35, 36, 37, three and a half. The last two lines of 34, 35, 36, 37. You should know these verses. And I'm singing regularly. This one, the last of them, of the three and a half, it goes like this. Chaktva sudus chajasurepsitarajalakshmin. Chaktva. Say it. Chaktva means to give up. We're talking about sannyas. Sannyas. Right? Everything giving up. Sannyas. Chaktva. This is about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaktva sudus chaja. Sudus chaja. Dus chaja means very difficult. Very, very difficult. It is dus chaja. Very difficult to give up. If something is very difficult to give up, it is dus chaja. But Vyasadeva, how has he written it? Sudus chaja. Impossible. It means he gave up what is impossible to give up. He did it anyway. He can do that. He can do the impossible. This Mahapurush, Bande Mahapurushati Charanadavindam, Bande Mahapurush, he was a Mahapurush. It is described there by intimates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like we find in Chaitanya Bhagavat, Chaitanya Mangal, Chaitanya Charitamrita, and so forth. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's arms extending down to his knees. Ajunolambito bujo gonakabadato. Eyes like lotus extending back to his ears. All these bodily characteristics of the Mahapurush. Bundi Mahapurushati Chakpa, This Mahapurush, who is the Lord Himself, He gave up that which is impossible to give up. Chakpa Sudus Chaja Surepsita. That thing that was impossible to give up is Sura Ipsita. It is desired by all the gods. What is it? Raj Lakshmi. Raj Lakshmi. Lakshmi has two principal uh, forms. Vishnu Priya and Raj Lakshmi. Vishnu Priya means who is dear to Vishnu. Massaging his feet. Staying always with him. Like a faithful wife. Vishnu Priya. And who is the Raj Lakshmi then? Where is she found? In the, it said she is found in the courts of kings. She's courting the kings, it means. She courts the kings. Kings who have some piety, then wealth. She's wealth. And as soon as the piety is absent, she disappears from there. It is said about this manifestation of Lakshmi, Raj Lakshmi, that she was once passing through a field from above and she saw a herd of cows. So she was so 
moved by the cows that she wanted to bestow upon them her prosperity. And they just kind of chewed their cuds and chewing and they said, we are prosperity, what do we need you for? <laughs> All prosperity comes from us, what can you do for us? So she was a little frustrated because, you know, if she wants to bestow prosperity on someone, she's not accustomed to someone saying, I'm not interested in that. So she came back a second time and said, you know, I really want to do something for you. So they said, well, I'll tell you what you do then. Put your prosperity in our dung. So she did. She invested it there. That's why if you take the cow dung, you put it on the soil, on the ground, then prosperity will come. It will make the field fertile and you can grow. So you can think like this when you're gardening. So she gives her wealth here and there to pious people, therefore Suripsita. The pious people in heaven, you've got to be pious to go to heaven, they desire her company. That's why they go there. They perform piety because they know if they do that, they can get Raj Lakshmi's association. They can get the prosperity that she personifies. Now you may think, well, why is it difficult for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, no, impossible, to give up material prosperity? So, no, no, it's not exactly like that. Suripsita Raj Lakshmi. He's describing it in two ways. That which is practically impossible to give up for those ordinary people, even up to the gods, people of this world, they want this material prosperity and it's practically impossible for them to give that up, the desire for that. Practically impossible. This side of Lakshmi, even the gods want, what to speak of worldly people, of earthly people, they want that. And it's practically impossible for them to give up. The other side is, this Raj Lakshmi is an extension, expansion of Vishnu Priya Lakshmi, who is dear to Vishnu. Now, you tell me, how can Vishnu give up Vishnu Priya? And this Raj Lakshmi appearing in Gorlila as Vishnu Priya Devi, how could he possibly give her up, which is part of the sannyas? Absolutely impossible. Think about it. To give up such a beautiful and dedicated wife. So, you know, he could see in her so many good qualities. Like the husband can always see, my wife is such a good devotee. Probably true. <laughs> Better than me. Vishnu could see in Lakshmi such devotion. He's attracted to that. How could he possibly give that up? Impossible. But he did it anyway. Such a touching moment. If we hear the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving up Vishnu Priya. We will be blessed with an extraordinary thing. We will be dressed with sympathy, empathy for Bhagwan. Think about it. For both Bhagwan and his Shakti. This is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Where can you find such a thing? Empathy for the plight of God and his wife. <laughs> but you will be filled with it just hearing that. See what these books, if you study the book, they read it, what they will do for you. You hear them from a sadhu. How Mahaprabhu, as the curse of the Brahmin came to pass, Mahaprabhu could, of course, could have counteracted it, but he didn't. He took the negative impetus and turned it into something positive. But as it came to pass, and he actually pursued the sannyas and the news, started to go around town and so forth. And, of course, it came back into the ear of Vishnu Priya. She came, head held down, wouldn't say anything, but he could understand. Something on your mind, Devi, what is it, what is it? He won't say, she won't speak. Again, he's pressing her, speak. So, I've heard a rumor that you will take sannyas. Then, he got her permission. 
ultimately had he said Devi, he showed himself as Vishnu. Or as Lakshmi. In this we have come many times together. In this Leela our business is only what? Crying. In this Leela we're only crying. Crying for others. That with your permission, I will take this on us. Chakvasudus Chajasudipsita Raj Lakshmi. Dharmishta. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is Dharmishta. He is fixed in Dharma and he is the Ishta of Dharma. He is the actual God of Dharma. The deity of Dharma. Dharma personified. So, being Dharmic, then what? He upheld the curse. This Dharmishta Arya Bachasa. Arya Bachasa means, Bachasa means like the words. Arya of an Aryan means the Brahman. The Brahman spoke. And Mahavrabhu, being the personification of Dharma, upheld the Brahman's curse. This is Dharma. Whatever the Brahmins speak should come true. So if it doesn't, I guess they're not Brahmins. Maybe it will happen sometime later. So he saw to it as Dharmishta. He is the personification of religion, of Dharma. The ideal, as a sannyasi, his adherence to his following of the sannyas standards was such that old men like Brahmananda Bharati, who wear only the deer skin, Paramananda Puri, Keshav Bharati, there are nine sannyasis who form the roots of the metaphorical tree of love of Godhead that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is himself and is the gardener of, and who is the distributor of the fruits with the help of its branches and sub-branches and so forth. And the fruits are love of God. So what is that tree grounded in, rooted in? What is the mool of that riptra? The root of that tree. There are nine roots. Paramanandapuri, Keshav Bharati, Ishwar Puri, these Puris, these are all sannyasis. They are all so much older than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Grave people, very serious, like that Brahmananda Bharati. He only wore deer skin. Of course, Mahaprabhu didn't like that much, but just to give you an idea, these were heavy people, heavy people. They were really grounded in renunciation. Mahaprabhu was just a lad. He was just 25. He saw he, when he came to Puri as a sannyasi, then Bhattacharya Sarvabhoma was concerned. How will he maintain his vow? He's a young man, and attractive, beautiful, charming, the world falling at his feet. You know, in youth, the world is falling at our feet. Everybody wants youth. The army, the military want, the corporations want, the schools want. Everybody wants youth. We want youth. Only young people don't want youth <laughs> because they don't pay attention to how valuable it is. And Krishna's youth, Kishore, Nanda Kishore, Braja Kishore. They envisioned him like this, the Rishis, youthful, adolescence, the color of sham, the color of romantic love instrument, the flute, all these things have significance. This Gaudiya Vaishnavism, it goes to the very core of existence. You see, everyone wants youth. Only foolish people who are young, you know, when you're too close to a thing, you cannot see it objectively. You have to step back. All the people are looking back. We want to return to youth. <laughs> we cannot get youth ourselves. We still continue with youth through the youthful, by getting their allegiance. I live my my youthfulness again, and all the mistakes I made in my son, in my daughter. Guru Vaishnava just speaking to us about it, the value of youth. What is youth? And youth well spent, like our Prabhupada. 
how he spent his youthfulness. He called me once in Mayapur to his room, just out of the blue, he said, when I was young, and you know this story, he's told it before. When I was young, he said, I wanted to go to Puri to participate in the Rathayatra of Jagannath. He's telling me this with like big, wide eyes, as big as Lord Jagannath's eyes. Hmm? You know, without, without blinking. Jagannath, you know, he doesn't blink. He's serious about what he's looking for. And we'll come to that. That's another class. But like that, he's looking at me. He said, I was a child. I wanted to go to Puri to participate in the Rathayatra. He said, and my father, then he gave me a little Rath cart, he said. And I used to keep it by my bedside. And at night I would sleep and wake up and I would reach out and touch it, make sure it was there, that I had actually gotten it as a gift. And then he said, when the Rathayatra came, I performed the Rathayatra in the courtyard, he said. And all so many people came. And then he said, and they thought it was play. But with even bigger eyes, he said, but it was real. And now I am doing this all over the world. Here in Vrindavan, in the later days of his passing from the world, what did he say? Someone said something to him about old age or something. Said, what? We are all just young boys. The youth, the value of youth, is well spent. He spent his youth wisely. And then, what? As an elderly person, young people chasing him everywhere, following him everywhere. Whatever he said, whatever we thought he said, <laughs> we would repeat it. That could be a problem. <laughs> we should know what he said. <laughs> and repeat that with some understanding. Reflect on that. Not only what he said and repeat it accurately, what he said, but reflect on it. Like Pujapachuda Maharaj told us, so for so many years, Sani Maharaj Prabhupada has put so many things in your heart. He told you not to think. He stopped you from thinking. He did. The, the bhava, it will freeze our reasoning. Go back now and look at it with your reasoning. Then you can, this is, I, I joined this? <laughs> this is why? I thought like that? <laughs> I must have been crazy. Yes, then this is what we're after, some kind of craziness. He suspended our logic, actually. It was as good, but it was also a problem because sometimes he wanted good logic to be able to feed on and in terms of what the world's like and people think and to preach to them. We weren't always intelligent enough or experienced enough to give him good advice. We would always want to say what we thought he wanted us to say. <laughs> That's a problem. Anyway, he spent his youth wisely. We should do the same. The youth, the value of youth, Mahaprabhu, just a young boy. Just at the cusp of 25. And these big sannyasis afraid of him. Sarboma thought to educate him, of course, in Vedanta. And he was converted, turned into a madman. And all these other, these were older people, Brahmanam the Bharati, Paramanam the Puri, Keshav Bharati, and so on. These are the mool of the briksha of Mahaprabhu's tree of love of God. That they're rooted in this, grounded in this Vedanta. It's a sobering outlook at the world. I have a younger brother, and I'm an older brother too, my sister. But my younger brother, he came to the temple in Chicago once. I wasn't there, Iskon Temple. This was years ago, and some of you heard this story, but it's worth repeating. He came there and searching me out. I was the black sheep of the family, like a lot of us probably were, and, and uh, he was always curious about his middle brother. So he came to search me out, and he came to the temple there. And the devotees were, oh, you're Tripurana's brother. So they were very affectionate to him and so forth. And they showed their affection by preaching to him about Krishna consciousness, and he was in a rather teachable moment, so to speak, very open. And so they just poured it on to him. And in the end, he said to them, they told me this, they said, it was quite poetic. He said, it is as if 
They said, like, what do you think? He said, it's as if I had painted my life on a canvas of watercolors and you have poured water on it. <laughs> all my dreams that I thought was valuable and what you said is just made it all just disappear, melt, merge. And sometimes the preaching can be a little on the Vedanta side, <laughs> a little strong, a little harsh. That's good, but it has to be balanced, of course, with bhakti. Bhakti, Vedanta. So hearing the Vedanta, he thought like this. And we need a good dose of that. Sarboma thought, this boy needs a good dose of this. Otherwise, the world, it seems to have a charm for it. Easily distracted. Of course, then, as I say, Mahaprabhu converted him. But the point here I'm making only is, he was a young boy, sannyasi. But he was dharmishta. To what extent? With regard to his chaktva, his chaktva sudhuschadha, surepsita rajalakshmi dharmishta. His dharmishta, his being the, the very fixed in dharma and the very isha of dharma, the deity of dharma, with relation to his sannyas dharma that this verse is, is about, was so strict his adherence that these old fellows, heavies, like Brahmananda Bharati and so forth, Paramananda Purt, they trembled to hear about the extent of his adherence to sannyas. So in a general sense, Dharmishta to the Supreme. Dharmishta Arjavachasa. Oh, he upheld the Brahmin's curse that he wouldn't have a happy family life, which to him meant, as we're speaking, no family life. That means sannyas. Sannyas means forest. Forest means Vrindavan. I'm going there. This is how he thought. Immediately, Murari writes, as soon as he was cursed like this, he thought, Vrindavan, I should go there. But this again is somewhat the confusion of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He came to get something that he couldn't get in Vrindavan. He's trying to get it. So, without good teaching yet, he thought, I'll go to Vrindavan. I'll get it there. No, no. He couldn't get it. He had to come to Puri to learn. He had to get advice from Sanatana Puri. He had to get advice from Gadatha. He had to get advice from Srup Damara, Rai Ramananda. This verse I'm explaining, this corresponds with the earliest mention of Mahaprabhu Sanyas in the notebooks of his biographers, Bhagavat verse. He gave up that which is impossible, Sudhuschaja, to give up, Rajlakshmi, Suripsita, both sides. That which is desired by the gods, that aspect of Lakshmi that is material prosperity, and which is impossible practically for us to give up. But for him to give up, we think that is easy, yes. But the other side of it is what? Raj Lakshmi means Vishnu Priya Devi. How can Vishnu give up Vishnu Priya? Impossible, but he did it. If you just hear that story once, you'll experience empathy for God and his consort. Only possible in Gaudiya Vaishnava, such a thing. You cry for the piteous condition of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Vishnu Priya Devi. This they did. Two reasons. External reason for our sake. So, Chaktvasudus, Jadasudepsitaraj Lakshmi, Dharmishta, Arjavachasa, Yaragad, Aramnam. So, he's Dharmishta in another sense, too. He's the god of Dharma. He's fixed in Dharma. What is that Dharma? Ordinary Dharma, one thing. That he upheld. As a sannyasi, as a religious person, he had the Dharma of Ram and the preoccupation of Prabhrajalila helps us put the two together. Yama Niyama in the yogic experience. There's some ethical foundation, moral groundwork that uh, 
should be in place, out of which this bhakti experience will arise. It's supra-religious. Not that piety fosters bhakti in and of itself, but the fact is that devotees tend to want to approach pious people. They don't tend to go to the impious. I guess we do that too to some extent, but we expect a good result from the pious people. First Dharma Jignasu, then Brahma Jignasu, then Rasa Jignasu. But by Sadhu Sangha, yes, it's true. Rasa Jignasu can come immediately, but then immediately we can inquire and immediately they will say, yes, but now here's how you do it. You start here, all in the context of bhakti. Like I'm speaking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life. So it's all about Braj Bhakti, but it's all about showing us how to go there. He came out of the house of Srivas Thakur for some pious people who wanted to enter but felt themselves unqualified. He came out to show us how to enter there. That means how to enter the Sangam, that Kirtan, how to enter Vrindavan. So what is the Dharma of Mahaprabhu? He's Dharmic in an ordinary sense. And that's important. We shouldn't dismiss that. If we are actually progressing in bhakti, Janayati Ashu Vairagyam Gyanam Chaitahoitukam. If that's going to come quickly, then Dharma should come quickly also. If Janayati Ashu Vairagyam Gyanam, if very quickly, Vasudevi Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayojita. These things are following Gyan and its corollary, detachment. We talked about this yesterday. That's coming very quickly to someone who is doing bhakti. What to speak of then being dharmic, religious, a good person? We should set our sights to the Braj Bhakti and see we're getting there. We're making progress when these other things start to come into place. They may look impious, gopis, but... They're the personification of the highest piety. They may look ignorant, uneducated village girls, but when a gopi comes here to this world where knowledge is required, then they're so pious and the chattvad, what is it? Nana, shastra, vichara, So much knowledge they have. This is inside bhakti. Love has a knowledge of its own, essential knowledge. And piety is included in that. So this should come for those who come without piety, and that's possible by Sadhu Sangha. We can be qualified for higher inquiry by Sadhu Sangha. And real Sadhu will teach us how to go progressively. Not that we first do one thing. We do bhakti the whole time. To what extent we can apply ourselves in bhakti, in what ways, that will be determined by our condition, our eligibility, and so forth. So, this is also important. The religious side of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu the renunciation of Mahaprabhu, the knowledge of Mahaprabhu, and ultimately the Prem of Mahaprabhu, and that is the Prema Dharma. He's Dharma Ishta. He's the God of Dharma. He's the very deity of Dharma. And Dharma ultimately comes to this Prema Dharma. Dharma Ishta Arya Bhachasa Yaragadaranyam. On the curse of the Brahman, that personification of Dharma entered the forest. Aranyam. Means. He took sannyas, means he went to Vrindavan, Mayam, Rigam, Daita, Ipsitam, Vadhavad, Vande, Mahapurushate, Charanadavindam. Okay, he's dharmic, he's a sannyasi. Common people can understand this, be inspired by him, they bow to him, they get Agyata Sukriti. This was his trick. He entered the forest, Mayam, Rigam, Daita, Ipsitam, Vadhavad. He ran, Anvadhavat, to the forest. Adanyam means he took sannyas, but his taking sannyas brought him in touch with the people. This is like sannyasa bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur, right? He took sannyas in Mayapur. 
And where did he go? He went to Calcutta. People thought, what are you going to Calcutta? This is the land of Maya. Devotees, they live in the Dham. He had a different idea. Wherever there is Maya, then I will go there. Something like that. Once we asked Pujapad Sridhar jokingly, Maharaj, what's your zone? Because people were dividing up the world, you know, in those days. Maybe they still do. I don't know. And he said, my zone is wherever there is Maya. That is my zone. <laughs> I go there. <laughs> So this is following the lead Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, as we talked earlier. This is a really a good way to consume your mind, absorb your mind in Krishna consciousness, to try to figure out how to present this thing to the common people, even the educated people. I mean, we can't even understand it ourselves. I'll just speak of explain it. It will preoccupy your mind. So Mahaprabhu took sannyas. So he went to the forest, metaphorically speaking, but he went traveling and preaching. This sannyas brought him in touch with people, or brought people in touch with him in a way that they could appreciate him and regard him. Because in those days, just dressing a sannyasi as a sannyasi would create like that teachable moment where people would have some respect and you could give them something. So, Mayam Rigam, he took sannyas and he, Anbadha, but he ran after the people who were bewildered by Maya, Daita Ipsitam, out of a desire to show compassion to them. This is the one side. This is what he told Vishnu Priyadeva. In this Leela we are only to cry for others. But we said it was impossible for him to give up Vishnu Priyadeva. But he did it anyway. But he didn't really give her up. In fact, Mayamrigam doita ipsita. What did he do by running into that towards Vrindavan conception? Ultimately, doita ipsita. He actually adopted the mood of Devi. Vishnu pre Devi, that is she's expansion of Radha. Like we have Radhika here and Satyabhama in Dwarka and Vishnu Priya Devi. He's Bhakti Devi. He adopted Doita also means her. Her desire. Doita Ipsita. Mayamrigam. What is Mayamrigam? It means the bewildered conditioned souls, but it also means mayamrigam. Mayamrigam means, it means, mrigam means like a deer, like an animal. Maya means that which is not. An animal that's not an animal. What do we call that? Teddy bear. Something like that. He pursued the, the desire of, of Radha and her interest in Krishna that turns Krishna into a teddy bear, something like that, like a doll, like a toy. It turns Krishna into a toy in her hands. That he wanted. He ran after that, that experience. What makes me turn into like a doll in her hands? Ami Purnananda. Ami Purna Brahma. Kintu Radikar Premera Unmadha. I'm Purna Brahma. I'm Purnananda. The full Brahman, the full Bra- Ananda, the Prem of Rad makes me mad, crazy. In Vrindavan, Krishna is a toy in the hand of Radha. And Anvadha, he's running around like herding cows. This is his pastime. All his own madness. Enter the forest with the cows to meet with Radha. Bande Mahapurushate Charanadavindam. So this curse of the Brahman, what he made out of negative impetus, this is the only negative impetus in all of Mahaprabhu's life. 
practically. Cursed by a Brahmin, not to have a happy family. He turned that one obstacle into the most auspicious thing. He took the negative impetus and made so much out of it. So we are fortunate because we have so much negative impetus. <laughs> An abundance of negative impetus. It's unlimited practically. So take it. Take it and use it. Follow Mahaprabhu's example. Use that negative impetus. Turn it into an auspicious life. Follow in his footsteps. Then we can understand something about Vrindavan. So, in this way, we'll go there through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Gratitude to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Without Mahaprabhu, Prabodhananda Saraswati said, how would anyone know about this thing? How is it possible? And the more we absorb ourselves in understanding him, by serving him, the more we'll come in the contact of Radha, in the Seva of Radha Govinda. Try to understand this point. I know you've heard it a thousand times, but by understanding and serving Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, automatically you'll end up in Vrindavan. Automatically. Try to go there. You have a sadhaka deha. You want to be concerned about your siddha deha? I'll tell you how to be concerned. If you're really concerned, use your sadhaka deha like a sadhaka. Try that. Try using it like a sadhaka fully. That's all you have to do. Apply your sadhaka deha with this ideal in mind. Worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In his very body you can end up in Navadvipa, in the kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with Shiva Sangam, and he'll say, see who you are. See who I am. So in this way we offer our gratitude, regard, unlimitedly, as best we can, to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We'll continue with that discussion of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's going to Vrindavan, what happened to him in Vrindavan, why he went to Puri, how he really experienced Vrindavan as he wanted to, outside of Vrindavan, separate from Vrindavan, all these high theological points. Any question? Shandhi? You mentioned how we could use the negative things to cover our life in abundance to, I guess, neutral. I was curious whether you meant like material obstacles in our life or like obstacles in the spiritual path. First of all, material obstacles. Whenever things happen to you materially that are unfortunate, then you just start to think, this is what it's like. You know, I thought it was otherwise, and only now and then these two little bad things happened. But the whole thing's bad, actually. You know, you start to see these unfortunate circumstances in your material life. And we're going on the premise that just around the corner, it's going to be all right. There's a carrot there that's constantly being held in front of us. We've come for a full meal, and there's only appetizers. You never get the square meal, and you eat only appetizers, what do you get? Indigestion, right? Yeah, you just get a stomachache. So after a while, you know, you start to pay attention. You realize, this is what it's like. I've been trying real hard to make this all work, and I want to be religious too, and Krishna conscious, and after a while, you start to understand. This is the norm. This is what it's like. And so you start to lose the charm for the whole thing. And it's kind of a sad time. You feel like, wow, I'm really not that charmed by Krishna consciousness, but I got no charm for this. Then you have to enter the dark night of the, of the soul, so to speak. So that's the one thing. Then there are impediments on the path also. So-called devotees. Some of us enter, we think everybody's a devotee and they're all just wonderful and we find somebody envious of, it, of your service or something. It's like a shock. Oh my God, this guy's envious. How can it be? Or he doesn't practice. How can it be? When I first learned in Los Angeles that some people didn't practice, I thought, well, how can they not be practicing? 
How is it possible? <laughs> so these kind of things come. Somebody abuses us and so forth. Another institution won't honor our guru or whatever. These things tell us that... <laughs> Yeah, the material world is bigger than I thought. It extends also into the guise of devotion. It's very subtle and insidious. So all these things, we have to see them as reason to go forward, not to stop. That help? What else? Any other point? Any advice? Yes. Would you say that uh, the moment of leaving should be a the heart of her? No, I'm saying that to leave Vishnupriya is impossible. So ostensibly, it appeared that he left Vishnupriya by taking sannyas. But he really didn't leave Vishnupriya in that in his sannyas, he pursued the bhava, the ecstasy of Radha, who Vishnupriya's expansion of. So how did he leave her? He didn't leave her, you understand? This is what I meant. I mean, it's not that possible to understand, but I follow. Yeah, you follow. So he appears to leave her, but really, he ends up chasing after what she is the partial manifestation of, worshipping that. Krishna wants to tell the world the glory of Radha. That's what it's about. He wants to let everyone know that he's just a puppet, a teddy bear in her hands. So how is he leaving her? It's impossible for him to leave. So he doesn't really, but he appears to. Yes, Maharaj, enlighten us, please. As much dharma as Mahaprabhu had, they also had as much as he had himself. Who did? Meaning Vishnu Priya and Sachima. Right, of course. What else? Any other question? Yes, Kamala. Yeah, you were saying it's so difficult to understand Krishna consciousness and what to speak up presenting it to others. I find it difficult. We used to like think, even if I know a tiny bit, I want to present it to others No, you should try, but you should try to connect explaining Krishna consciousness to others, to practicing, applying yourself in Krishna consciousness. Make this connection very, very clear. You can only give what you have. You do have something. Otherwise, why are you doing it all these years, right? You do have something. So you have something to give. Now you analyze what it is you have to give, how much, to what extent. Then you try to share that with them. Then you'll grow in your wealth and you'll be able to share more. But try to connect these two things, because sometimes they get disconnected, unfortunately. Preaching and practicing. You know, there's a famous verse, Mahaprabhu's benediction or order. Does that, Bhārta bhūmite hoila manusya janma jār, janma sārta kori parupakār. Janma sārta kori parupakār. The parupakār is always mentioned. Preach, help people, help people. But what does he say? Sārta, Bhārta bhūmite manusya janma jār. Who's ever born in India, in Bharat, he said, then they should take advantage of their good birth, where this kind of information is out about. It means first you become and then do good for others. 
We always have a saying, do the good for others, do the good for others. But the verse says, first you get it, then you give it. So we want to give it, and we don't get it. You can get it in the context of giving it, if you're actually giving it. So what you have, you give, then your stock grows. But when you pretend to have more than what you have, or you, you delude yourself into thinking that, then, you, you know, it's a good philosophy, so you may be able to convince some people intellectually and yourself as well that you've gone somewhere, and then you've got a whole group of people who are the burden of the earth. <laughs> they're proud as a peacock that they're Krishna conscious. I'm Ragmard Bhakta, ready to criticize every avatar when to speak of devotee who's not up to their standard. But if the gopi, I said the other day, if Narad Muni comes to Braj, what will the gopis do? They tell him, oh, you're a Vaidhi Bhakta, pay your obeisances. Dandavat Pranam, Narad Muni is here, a real devotee is here. You preach that, but preach what? Some, really preach something. What you what you know, what you're excited about. What maybe all you're excited about is like sometimes all I was excited about was Prabhupada. So take people to Prabhupada. Listen to him. Get his association. See him, touch him. Whatever it is. What you know, this is valuable. I got that. I understood that. You give that. You have something, forgive it. But don't be a cheater. Don't pretend. Don't cheat yourself, it means. It's by intellectual understanding and some gathering. Some, it's not information gathering. That's not what this is. If you gather information, that may be useful. But then you have to integrate that, digest that. Our information gathering should only be with a view to facilitate our applying ourselves in bhakti, which is a simple thing, but we seem to need a lot of help to do a simple thing. Like that fellow told me, Marge, whatever happened to just chant Hare Krishna? And I said to him, I don't know, you tell me, why don't you just chant Hare Krishna? Probably because you don't have enough Sambandha Gyan to, to know that you should just chant Hare Krishna all the time. So you got to take some effort and learn something. Anyway, don't be discouraged. You have much to offer others. And you'll grow by doing that. And you know that you're a book distributor and you, so you want to go out and sell books and you get inspired by it. It means you, you get absorbed in it. And then if you get absorbed in it, then even if you don't, if you never say it wrong, people will get something from you. I mean, I sold books sometimes and I was so absorbed that I couldn't talk at a certain point. I lose my, you know, not, not I lose my voice from talking, but I lose my voice from like, <laughs> I'm not at the O'Hare Airport anymore. It's like, where am I? Please, you know, I just... <laughs> guy goes, you know, here, this guy needs money or something. I, I should take his book. What is it about this person? It happens sometimes. You just get so absorbed. It happened to me. I just couldn't even talk at the end of the day. Just to hand out, hold the book out there. Somebody come grab it. This guy needs something, or I need something from him, or what? <laughs> One time I sat down next to a guy at the Washington, D.C. airport, Dulles International Airport. I sat down next to the guy. It was early in the morning, Saturday morning. I sat down next to the guy, and I was so just, I just gotten there, but I was not there. I was so absorbed, and I sat down, I put the Bhagavatam in his hand, and I said something to him about the Bhagavatam, and it was just like nectar to my ears, you know. The guy looked at me and said, what did you say? <laughs> he was just like, uh, you know, he was like, like, just got drowned or something, you know, and he just, I, he just took the book, and just like that, so. So this is the whole thing. If you go out and you find that by going out and doing that, it helps to absorb you, then that's good. Then when you're absorbed, then 
like I say, you can shut down people's reasoning. And the explanations are, example speaks louder than precept. So if they see, wow, this person is like into this. I mean, people are just waiting to be convinced. They're, they're just sitting out there waiting to be convinced by this ad or that, or that ad, what they should buy, what they should do. So the more somebody convinces them, you should have this. This is who you are, sir. You should be driving this car because you're that kind of person, aren't you? That's you, isn't it? Something like that. So the more you are absorbed, and that's the best marketing program that you could have. They see, I have something very valuable, and uh, I feel it. It will be contagious. You know, Bhumaneshwar, he's the cook guy. Is he still the cook there? He came to me one day. He was a book distributor a long, long time ago, and he was having a problem distributing books. He was having some difficulty, and it's understandable. It could be difficult. He came to me with tears in his eyes. He said, Marsha, I don't think I can do this. I said, so why don't you do something else then? You know, there's so many services. Find something you can identify with. Do that. We're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I told him, I said, why don't you be a cook? Why don't you try to be a cook? You probably make a good cook. So he took that up. He became a great cook. He's been a cook here for Krishna Balaram for, I don't know, 20 years or something. So I feel like I'm going there through Bhubaneswar at the Raj Bowl. <laughs> I've got some connection with Krishna Balaram's noon meal. And that's not one to miss, I tell you that. So <laughs> I don't know how we got onto that, but anyway. We'll stop there. Jaisi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai. Bhakti Rakshakti Dev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai. Bhakti Siddhanta Sashtita Prabhupada Ki Jai. Shri Bhakti Vinod Paribar Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakta Vinod Ki Jai. Gaur Premanande. Hari Bhakti.